Today, we're going to build a hospital, a historic hospital in downtown Memphis. We're privileged to talk with Bishop Henry M. Williamson, Sr. Bishop Williamson, welcome to Bot Radio. Glad you're here today. How are you doing? Doing just great. Thank God for the favor of God in our lives. And we're so very thankful to be a servant leader in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and to the body of Christ and certainly holistic ministry as we renovate the College Chapel Connectional Hospital to become a medical service and training facility in partnership with other great health providers. Well, I'm excited to talk about this renovation and the history associated with Collins Chapel Hospital. Before we do, I want to talk a little bit about your backstory. You are the 52nd Bishop of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. You were born in Arkansas, but you were reared in Tennessee, and then you later moved to Gary, Indiana, I believe. God has really blessed me to be home again after 12 years as a bishop in California for eight and Texas for four to return me to the state of my birth, Arkansas, Newport, where my mother, really a a young mother, she was so tiny in body that they felt that in order for her to give successful birth, in case there were any complications, I should be born in a hospital rather than by a midwife. So she had a sister, Rosie May Williamson. She was a Williamson who married a Williamson. <laughs> and she worked in the hospital there in Newport, got my mother in. I became a, a healthy baby thanks to God's healing and delivering power because he had given me an assignment from birth to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was preaching by the time I was 17, so early months in Arkansas, Newport, then back to Tennessee, right outside of Jackson, Tennessee, in Mercer, Tennessee, which again, the saying is, in order to get to Mercer, you leave the four lane to get to the two lane, to get to the asphalt, to get to the gravel road, then the dirt road, and then you're in Mercer. And uh, we are so grateful because there one Friday night, as mother sent me home every summer from Gary, Indiana, where I finished elementary and high school, mother was wise enough to protect me and send me to my maternal grandparents, Hosey and Doxaline Williamson, who were leaders there in the Jones Chapel CME Church. And our itinerant ministry had only met for preaching on first and third Sundays. Had Sunday school every week, but then preaching twice a month at the church. And then twice a month, we went to the Baptist church right up the road to hear preaching. So I got preaching every week during those summers that I spent. And one Friday night during revival, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And that has made all the difference in my life because you can be in church, but not in Christ. Oh, yes. You can have religion, but not relationship. And that's the great danger of Satan deceiving people to think that they've been in church but if they haven't been in Christ and in his word, they are living way beneath their privilege. Yes, Bishop, that is a good word. I'm glad you pointed that out because so many people, I think, do get trapped in their involvement in church with not having that relationship. So I really appreciate you highlighting that part of your life. Uh, you also pastored the Carter Temple CME Church in Chicago 
for 16 years. That congregation grew to over 3,000 active members with 50 active ministries. It was an exciting time all throughout my ministerial career. Started preaching at 17, started pastoring at 19 because my father in the ministry there in Gary, Indiana, the sainted Bishop J. Claude Allen, now many years now in heaven, took the time to pour into a little young teenage boy, a young man, <laughs> and his mother. We went from welfare to faring well as my mother came off the welfare rolls and began to teach the Lake County, for the Lake County Association for Retarded Children. At that time, they were called. Now we know they're special children. Yes. But she was a Sunday school teacher, missionary, and of the eight brothers and sisters, she's the last one standing. And she would often be criticized by family and friends because of her due diligence in instructing me along the way of the Word and Jesus Christ and telling me to excel in all of my studies. So I owe much to her, and I'm very thankful. But then church growth at Westside CME, then church growth while I saw and studied under Bishop Isom at St. Paul Church in Chicago, another mentor, big brother, and then church growth in East St. Louis, Illinois, and then church growth again in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I served for seven years, then church growth again, <laughs> leading men and women, boys and girls to Jesus Christ. There is no greater opportunity or joy than to see someone else receive Christ and to see their lives transform and then to know with God all things are possible. Now, when we say all, that means whatever your assignment is, all things mean all things in the Word of God and in your particular assignment. It doesn't mean foolishness and the ways of the world, never anything evil, but God's love in you, directing you in a pattern. You have an assignment, and if you spend time in prayer, God's Word, He will tell you, our job as the people of God is to lead everybody to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, praying God's Word daily to go forward to achieve the great commandment and the great commission. Those are the great omissions, unfortunately, yes. in the body of Christ. Pastor, you're just preaching right on. Thank you so much for being so insightful and truthful about today's generation and our need to know Christ. Your wife, Doris Yvonne, how long have you been married, and when did you meet her? Uh, we met uh, one Sunday morning. I was guest preacher at the church, but prior to me going to her church, as I had, of course, come to Chicago as an assistant minister initially at our largest church, St. Paul in Chicago, where I learned the dynamics of church growth. There's no center shortage in Chicago, just like it's not any in Shelby County, Memphis, Tennessee, Arkansas, across the nation and across the world. So I had this church growth desire. I was like the bumblebee. I didn't know that if I checked with the experts, I wasn't supposed to be able to fly. <laughs> so I just went out and won souls, played basketball with kids, went to schools, and just led people to Christ. And so that's 
was where I learned the eight powerful principles of church growth to move the church from 300 declining aged members to 3,000 active members with two weekly uh, local cable TV shows because I've had an assignment to the schools of the nation to provide the whole point of value life, value learning, and those values that come out of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and, of course, the Holy Bible. And so there is where the growth came from, from 300 to 3,000, because my ministry was one of discipleship. Yes. You see, even John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said, if you're going to lead a person to Christ, but you're not going to teach them and nurture them and disciple them, better that you leave them alone. That's Wesley's business. But we then built the church to 3,000 in 16 years, because my motto is teamwork makes the dream work. you got to delegate. You got to put people, be so secure in Christ, you can bring people around you who know things you don't know, and you're willing to utilize that team. That's how Super Bowls get won. That's right. Because it's a team effort with a coach and with a good owner wanting best practices going forward. It's not a solo, uh, long ranger and Tonto only kind of ministry. Jesus had 12. Wesley had uh, the sale groups, the class leaders. So the unfortunate thing is we do this. And if Jesus had 12 disciples with all types and personalities, then you and I need at least 120 helping us. That's right. Well, what you refer to, Bishop, is incarnational life of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus came to earth to do life and show us the way, because he was the way, the truth, and the life. And you talk about discipleship, and you talk about that incarnational life, doing life with these teenagers, playing basketball with them, hanging with them, if you will, displaying the character in the life of Jesus. That is so, so valuable, so valuable today. Yeah. And we need more men and women that will take that call, follow you as a leader, as men and women, as lay people in our churches to do that same thing so that we can see our churches grow and the kingdom of God progress here on this earth. We have a lovely zoo in the city of Memphis. It has been renovated, and so much has gone into the zoo, and people it's become a great tourist attraction for our country. There was a time that on Tuesdays, if you went to the zoo, there'd be a sign that would say, no whites allowed. But the other six days a week, there would be a sign that said, no blacks allowed. There was a time back in a struggling part of our history for the voice of black America to be heard. And there was men like Dr. King, who we are celebrating Dr. King's assassination and life here in Memphis 50 years. But there was a lot that took place in those Jim Crow laws, trips to the zoo, trips to the store. An African-American woman couldn't go to a department store and try on a dress before purchasing it. She had to purchase the dress and the hat before she could try it on. That wasn't the same scenario for white women when they would go. The same thing for hospitals. There were hospitals because of Jim Crow laws that would take care of the physical needs of white people. And then there was other hospitals, such as the Collins Chapel Hospital, that has such rich history that took care of black medical needs. I want to talk about this hospital and its history. I believe it was founded by your denomination. Correct. The CME Church, seeing the need, has provided three significant ministries, salvation, education with our schools, and then, of course, health care. 
we were blessed to have the entire denomination to embrace the Collins Chapel Connectional Hospital, named for our oldest black church here in Memphis, Collins Chapel. Two doctors there, one a businessman and the doctor got it started as a clinic. Then the denomination embraced it in 1910. And in 1954, the connection built a brand new facility, a building so well equipped that even today is being renovated because it can be and was built with such excellence. But it was a partnership. Our denomination built it from the ground up, and there were over a thousand people there for the opening because under apartheid and segregation, which God frowned upon, a shameful period in our history when we denied our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ full access to society's resources, health care, which is so important even in our nation today. Our denomination led the way, and therefore working with other denominations, businesses, and the like. Brand new building rose in the 1950s that then provided health care. Also, black doctors and nurses could not practice in white hospitals under segregated and apartheid. Those shameful signs, colored and white, were there around us. And when Christ, we know there's neither east nor west, we denied the word of God. And unfortunately, we were in bondage a stronghold of racism that Dr. King and the prophetic ministry, but thank God there were black and white Christians who worked to bring down those barriers from the Underground Railroad times of rescuing slaves in the South, the Sojourner Truths, the Harriet Tubmans. There were black and white conductors of the Underground Railroad. And we are so thankful that by 54, we had built such relationships that we could build our own hospital to provide services to allow black doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals, and we maintain that hospital. Many of our outstanding citizens were born in that hospital, College Chapel Connectional Hospital, and we're so thankful. The Ford family, the president of Lemoyne Owen College, we're so grateful for the many men and women, boys and girls who received those services, but there were white churches, businesses, and others who partnered with us in making donations and giving access to full health care. So it's truly a tribute to black uh, and white Christians who worked together to provide a needed service for the black community when they were denied access because of segregation and apartheid in our nation. So my understanding, the hospital has been non-operational since 1980. That is correct. It's been uh, partly used by medical teams in the community, but we have now begun and completed and put over $3 million as a denomination into the renovation, and it will be a 5 to $6 million renovation when we are completely finished, and we look forward to finishing in the next two months and having an opening in the fall, but it's a tax-deductible donation to help us to finish. We're so grateful that we've kept our records together, our accountants and CPAs together, where men and women 
thank God for Reverend Jesse Jackson been here to the city on three different occasions to support the Carter's Chapel Initiative and help us to raise much needed funds in order to complete the renovation. Bishop, where is the actual physical location of the hospital, and is it the exact same location where it originated? Very true. We were fortunate enough to move into a location, 49 heirs, that later became the medical community. We are two blocks from St. Jude. We have the Bonner Children's Hospital that's Baptist, so we are surrounded in a medical care area. The district, yeah. District. So now we're looking to partner with many of these excellent health care facilities because we want it to be a tribute to black and white working together, good medical services based on 2018 needs for black, white, brown, red, and yellow citizens, and then a training facility for our young men and young women who need to be trained in the medical profession. So we're excited about it, but we do need everybody's prayers, help, and support that we can finish this successfully in the next three to four months and open this fall with everybody sending a tax deductible donation, we can do it. And with Reverend Jackson and certainly other faith leaders in the community, Bishop Hall, Bishop Blake, outstanding Kojic leaders, Baptists and others, but we like to have more of our white brothers and sisters. So we are local participation. Yes. Because this is our community and so we need to take possession of what belongs to us. And so we need to support projects like the Collins Chapel Hospital. Now, I also understand that dialysis for patients as well as vent units for those that need help with breathing are going to be some of the areas of medical provision. Is it going to be exclusively just these two areas? Uh, Well, with our partners, we're going to do best practices in much areas of need. As you know, Memphis being one of the most obese cities in the nation, we want you to know that we are qualified by the state of Tennessee Health Services and the development agency have approved us uh, and given us a certificate of need for a 28-bed Medicare-skilled nursing facility. When people have to have long-term rehab, they have to be uh, released from the hospital. We will be a place that they can refer those patients to for long-term care. But also their other needs like dialysis and rehab will also be services we hope to provide along with the, the dialysis and along with the vent units and also other services. For instance, uh, for diabetes, for instance, with St. Jude's emphasis on sickle cell anemia, which is one of the uh, areas where black people suffer disproportionately. So we hope to then provide services for the needs of black and white citizens in uh, Shelby County and in Memphis specifically, a variety of services that will allow for us to give excellent health care uh, for this facility. The Collins Chapel Connection Hospital is applying for federal, state, city, 
and county grants to aid us uh, in the CIP funds that are available for medical care facilities. Millions of dollars have been given to our other medical uh, hospitals, and we trust we will have the same favor with city, county, state, and even uh, from the federal government to aid us because it's going to serve all of us. Are you seeing signs from local, county, and city governments that they are supporting this project? I've seen signs, and yet we are waiting for the, uh, shall I say, uh, the payday. Uh, we're waiting to receive those funds, but we didn't wait. We put in $3 million now, and we're going forward. Public infrastructure is needed. The parking lot, the sidewalks, the landscaping, telecommunications, the grids, the sewer lines, and HVAC units for it to have a wonderful, clean environment, all needs that we can make us eligible to receive these funds, tax dollars, our tax dollars, for city, county, and state, and federal, so we can have an excellent facility that serves both and all communities, red, yellow, brown, black, and white, here in Memphis and Shelby County. I love it, Bishop. Are there other cities with similar type hospitals being repurposed to serve their communities that maybe you've visited or that you've researched to look into the rebuilding of this hospital? We've uh, looked at best practices around the nation. We have one self and his architectural firm helping us. And certainly we've looked at Atlanta. We've looked in Chicago. We looked at St. Louis. Those are also places, the history and Black History Month, to look back at how we provided services of men and women, black and white, of goodwill under the segregated apartheid system. So there were and are a great history of black hospitals serving with uh, the Christian community supporting that initiative in Chicago, in uh, New York, in St. Louis, and in Atlanta. So the history of African-American hospitals is an untold, unsung heroes and sheroes that needs to be lifted and informed. And that's why I'm so glad that Patricia Rogers contacted me and said, you have got to meet Bishop Williamson about the Collins Chapel Hospital. And that's why we're here today. And I'm so excited to have you here. Well, Bishop, also, have you been able to utilize local contractors and architects to construct and design the new hospital. We're very proud of Mr. Gregory Toes leading the general construction. Uh, he's very qualified and has successfully built many churches, homes, buildings, and so we're very thankful. And then, of course, Juan Self, who has worked in the city, and his architectural firm is one of the best in the nation. So we're very proud. He's a proud African-American architect, also preacher-teacher. He's a pastor, so we're glad to have the Christian community, and certainly we have other excellent lawyers and professionals, and as you mentioned, Patricia Rogers, who is uh, just an awesome gift from God, uh, has been unrelenting in her support. 
I have a principle that she carries out that calls unhindered persistence will overcome any resistance. And you go straight to the Bible, even the unjust judge with the right woman knocking on the door finally had to give her justice. That's what Patricia Rogers means to us and this project. We're so grateful that a wonderful woman of God who knows the political public, private uh, services in this city, county, state, and nation is aiding us in receiving well-deserved sources of funding to make this a complete and excellent medical care facility. Bishop, you could be a campaign manager for Patricia. You did a great job there. I'm so glad that we're getting to become friends in other interviews that she's helping to put on this program here on Mid-South Viewpoint. I want to know what excites you most about overseeing this renovation. Well, the fact of its history, that we've been healing the Memphis community for more than 100 years. We're so grateful for the historical roots of the Carter's Chapel Connection Hospital, which is now a $5 million renovation that is more than two-thirds complete. And we're looking for friendly health care partners and monthly donors. It's a 501c3 tax deductible, whether it's 10, 100, 1,000, or there may be a million-dollar donor waiting to give to this worthwhile facility that will unite us here as Christians in the community. When it was built from the ground up in 54, led by the CME Church, we had partners from the Christian community, black and white, under the leadership then of Senior Bishop J. Arthur Hamlet. We want to continue that same partnership with the Christian community helping us to complete this project. And in Martin Luther King 50, what a great dream to become a reality when black and white Christians have worked together to make this happen, that we've all contributed We've all prayed for and supported it. We've had commissioners. We've had health care partners to tour it over and over again so they can see the quality of excellence that's being built into that present renovation health care facility. Well, we know about the world-class operation and the history that is at the Lorraine Motel and the National Civil Rights Museum, and this would be another fine compliment to see this functioning hospital, not as a museum, has the history of a museum, but is giving life to its citizens today with this Memphis African-American historical landmark undergoing a $5 million renovation expansion project, as you mentioned, Bishop. Okay, give us some avenues for our listeners if they want to give 25, 100, 500, maybe a thousand, maybe there's somebody listening that has that million dollars that wants to contribute to this purpose, the Collins Chapel Hospital renovation. How can folks give? What are the ways online? Should they mail their money in? What should they do? Who should they contact? They should contact me at my office at 901 345 4114. They should contact Bishop Henry Williamson Sr. at my office on Elvis Presley, Suite 222. Just give us a call. We'll send you a brochure and an envelope and allow for you and encourage you to make any donation. Number one, 
pray for the project. Yes. Number two, support the project with a gift of any amount, and it is tax deductible. Also, let people know about the project in your faith community, in your church, so that as these churches have in their budget worthy causes, they can do that. And then, of course, you can go online at Collins chapelhospital.com that's C-O-L-L-I-N-S chapel C-H-A-P-E-L hospital.com to find more information about the history about the services that have been rendered for over now a hundred years that we want to continue to render based on the needs of today we certainly would like prevention as you know an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure the obesity in our city the challenges with diabetes strokes and heart attacks we need healthy diets and healthy preventative medicine we need to train more health professionals and provide needed services for all the citizens of Memphis and Shelby County, really tri-state area. We service people in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Tennessee. We are a tri-state yes, area. Are. Yes, we are. And this hospital provided services for black citizens in the tri-state area, and for that, we give God thanks. Yes, we do, Bishop. Bishop Henry M. Williamson, Sr., I have met a new friend here in our city. Thank you so much, my dear brother, for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom through your ministry for so many years, but also in the renovation of the Collins Chapel Hospital. Friends, I hope you will go to that website, collinschapelhospital.com, collinschapelhospital.com. You can see pictures. You can see the renovation progress. You can see how you can donate and contribute to this fine cause and project in our city. Bishop, thank you so much for being our guest. It's been a joy, this wonderful radio station, sharing the gospel of good news. We lament the passing of Billy Graham, one of the great. We lament the passing of Martin Luther King Jr. They brought people together under the love of Jesus Christ to move us forward as a nation and certainly as a Christian nation. Let us rise up with the young people there in Florida who suffered the tragedy. The black lives matter. All lives matter because God loves of the entire human race. We just need to accept, acknowledge, and affirm, and appreciate. And this wonderful station is to be lifted up for its service and its masterful teachers that you have on air, giving us the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you, my dear friend and brother. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.